When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what's up? It's Waz. I just wanted to tell you guys that this latest episode of Woke Bros was recorded before news reports revealed that a woman was shot and killed in um, the Senate hall. Uh, this news had not revealed itself and this episode will not reflect that news. Um, just wanted to give you guys a heads up just in case you thought that we ignored it or whatever. The news hadn't dropped by the time the episode had wrapped and so um, just wanted to share that with you guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. Peace. Woo! Welcome back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ew. Back from holiday. Back like we never left. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the latest jam packed edition and a lot of shows you hear people say jam-packed but no this edition is jam-packed of the woke bros of course i'm your co-host as always big waz aka what's neil umbre joined as (laughs) always by my brother my brother my partner for real like the wayans nando vila out there on the west side of los angeles what's good nando you know, I hear helicopters, maybe some tanks in the street. The brown shirts are marching down Venice Boulevard. Yeah. Give us what we're free. Doing. We're doing the show. Give us yeah. free. Yeah, we're going to do this show whether they take over the government or not. <laughs> on today's show, <laughs> on today's show, you know, <laughs> this Hilaria Baldwin um, topic... <laughs> I just love that you have to start with that because, like, I think everyone's like, everyone's like thinking, okay, people are storming the Capitol. But right. wait, wait, but, we'll but, talk about but, that. But there's, we got, there's other things to talk about today. Yeah, there's Besides other things that, to talk about. Important that. shit. We're gonna yeah. get to that. Hilaria Baldwin. This story comes on the on the back of a few sort of racial catfish stories that have happened in the last few weeks or so, month and a half or so. Um. And me and Nando, because Nando happens to be a tried and true actual person from Spain, an actual Spaniard, uh, we and you know we're always fascinated by the by liberals, by identity politics, just by all of that stuff. We just found this story to be fascinating, so we're gonna get into that at, towards the end of the show. The workers at Google, all workers, contractors, engineers. Designers, everybody, you name it, are involved in what is a historic unionization organization effort 
Um, we're going to get into the ramifications of that. Talk about why not a single solitary Democrat has spoken publicly about getting behind it. Because you would think. Well, except for one. Except for one. But we knew that already. But we'll get into that. I don't even want to get into my takes about that. It's just Google trying to unionize is just something that hits at the sweet spot of what we do here at the Woke Bro. So we're going to get into that. We're recording on a Wednesday afternoon. And last night, John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock of Georgia defeated White Purdue and Kelly Loeffler out in Georgia to give the Dems the 50-50 split in the Senate with Kamala Harris being the deciding vote. That's if Joe Manchin don't show his true colors. But whatever, we'll get into all of that. But first, oh, my Lord, Mm. Fernando, I got off the plane and, you know, my girlfriend who she doesn't want me to call her a normie anymore. But I will say she's a Democrat. She's a loyal Democrat. Um, So she watches CNN and MSNBC pretty religiously. She gets off the phone. We we land in Los Angeles about, I'd say, about 11 a.m., 1045 uh, local time here. And she's like, oh, they stormed the White House and Trump supporters have done this. And I'm like, I mean, what are they like? You know, the first thing that comes to my mind, Nando, and just to get everybody brought up to speed, Trump's been having his supporters protest out in the Capitol, um, basically protesting the alleged theft of um, a Democratic election. And um, people have been protesting out front and saying, we need to get Trump the presidency. Finally, they got fed up and they stormed the Capitol. They they stormed the Senate um, while it was in session, by the way, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and these guys, of course, you know, the Freddy cats that they are, they scurried off and they got, they, they got away from their icky constituents as fast as they can. And, you know, guys took, it was photo ops and all this kind of stuff. And you see people on Twitter calling it a coup, which is not, guys, like... No actual power was seized. There's no, there's nobody at the levers of power who were down with this or behind this, whether it be the military, whether it be the actual financial, economic rulers, that class of people. Nobody was actually behind this. It's just a bunch of, let's, I mean, I don't, they're kooks. It's just a bunch of kooks who love our president, yeah. who stormed the building. And to be honest with you, Nando, I was just quite heartened by the fact that this could even happen. <laughs> like that they could even get close to these people like i was like yeah. not to say i wanted like to maybe see, we should try that you know what i'm saying like at, not yeah. that i want to see senators and stuff get hurt or anything but it's like wow like the security is that lax that these people could have got in there that kind of took me by surprise but other than that guys i mean this was a clown show yeah i mean so i think it's important to understand i mean i think in, on 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 one level it is bad it's bad this it's kind bad. of thing happens in america like it's not a good thing that this happens in america that there's um a significant chunk of the population is living in a sort of fantasy land because uh due to decades and decades of right-wing propaganda which has been unchecked and um weak cowering liberalism which has been unable to um, satisfy the structural uh problems that undergird all of this. So this is decades and decades um, coming at this point. You know, everything from the rise of right-wing talk radio in the 80s, Fox News in the 90s, um, in the late 90s and early 2000s, to 
you know, the online kind of right wing um, ecosystem that came up after that. It's just a significant chunk of the population has been radicalized to a degree that is that is beyond beyond what we could ever imagine. And they do it because they need to sell them on an unpopular agenda of redistribution of wealth <laughs> upwards. That is what the yeah. Republican Party is about. They need to whip them up somehow. They need to whip up their votes somehow. And for years, it was the religious right. But then that kind of faded away in terms of a power center. You know, no one really cares about abortion anymore, uh, you know, on the right. <laughs> like that, that's kind of faded away. Um, and so now they just they had to find a new harder drug. And that's what Trumpism was. And this is what it's culminating to, like these bunch of kooks and crazies storming the Capitol and getting inside wearing their Pepe hats and, uh, you know, their fucking like, like whatever they were like, I that guy wearing like a deer skin head um, suit, like taking over the Senate chamber. I mean, that's what it's come down to. But make no mistake, Trump will not be the president on January 20th. <laughs> Joe Biden will be the president on January 20th. And the fact that it is Joe Biden is a big reason why there ain't going to be no coup in this country because the power structures of this country, meaning financial elites, industrialists, the capitalist class, plus the military elite of this country, the real power centers of this country, in other words, are not afraid of no Joe Biden. They are not going to overturn decades of sort of liberal democratic order to get Joe Biden out of president to keep Trump in there. They are more than that happy. That doesn't make any sense. They're more than happy to get Trump the fuck out of there and deal with Uncle Joe Biden. Um, so as yeah, long and, as and that... I think, Nando, it was important that you explain to the folks that like there would actually be civil unrest <laughs> if Trump was to be kept in there. And that's bad yes. for business. <laughs> yes. It would be a hugely destabilizing event. Yeah. You know, it would be such a destabilizing event that that they, they just don't want to and they don't like him. They don't want to deal with him like the real powerful people in this country are not Trump's base. I mean, they used to be the base of the Republican Party, but they're all Democrats now. Jeff Bezos is a Democrat. The CEO of Goldman Sachs is a Democrat. You know, a lot of the general class uh, in these days in the military, like the upper echelons of the military are all Democrats. Like the, the real power centers of this country have become Democrats. And the, the right wing base in this country right now is petty bourgeois, small business owners like your Subaru dealer, uh, mm -hmm. dealership owners, your insurance petty salesmen, bourgeois. you know, your <laughs> yeah, your petty bourgeois. Um, and uh, that's a Marxist term. And uh, yeah, so. So they're not going to they're not going to they don't have the actual levers of power to pull off something like this. They don't have the amount of deep state psychos to um, muscle this kind of thing through. They're, it's just not going to happen. So rest assured in that sense that like, you know, my girlfriend was very, very, very scared today, like watching yeah, the news. So and, being, it's just yeah. and it's like I get it's scary. It is scary to see these fucking maniacs storming the Capitol. And, and, but and CNN not, and MSNBC, it's in their best interest to to portray it as as scary as possible because y'all going to stay locked in oh, that yeah. they do that. If they were like, you look, a bunch of freaking kooks got through, the cops came, you know, maybe 30 minutes later, got them out of it. Like nobody could actually, you know, seize the, like nobody could actually seize the, the method by which your granny gets social security. Like right. those <laughs> folks can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they did, they, like that's just not how that. That's not how this country works. Like a yeah. bunch of freaking, you know, yahoos, 
of rolling into a building. They're just squatters. They're yeah. literally squatting in a building. They're not doing anything else as far as upsetting the balance of power and how it works in America. So, yeah. you know, I want you guys to be cool, calm, and collected about what you're going to see on the freaking TV. And people, and I'm not going to lie, man, there's going to be a bunch of people on there, liberals on there like, oh my God, what yeah. if this was the Black Lives Matter? The cops would have popped them and blah, 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 and this and this and that. And to a certain extent, Nando, I, I want people who listen to the show to know like, yeah, we should be using this as an example of what the cops can do. When a threat is presented, yeah. that's that, to the extent of that dealing this should with, matter it, with in it in context. a rational manner. Yeah. Not that the cops should do what they do to freaking black protesters. No, yeah. that's not what the message should be out. Well, why don't right. they do? No, the, what should come out of this is this is a great example of the cops doing this shit in the fucking Senate. Okay. Yeah. Literally, at the fucking centralized power structure of this country. This is how the cops behave. You can do that shit in front of a sneaker store. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I mean, it is true when people point out, like, yeah, when BLM protesters were near the Capitol, I mean, they were fucking strapped, these National Guard people. You know, and, like, yeah, we saw image after image after image over the summer of, like, a protester throwing a bottle into, like, a a wall of, like, these riot police uh, marching toward them and then just beating the absolute living fuck out of of that person, you know, like, pepper spraying people left and right indiscriminately. That is all true. And if if these protesters were kind of, quote-unquote, left-wing or Black Lives Matter protesters, the response would absolutely have been more brutal than it, than it was than what we saw today. But the upshot of that, sort of the response to that should not be that we should deal with everyone in that manner. Like that, we, this country is way over-policed for everyone. Like we, we need to um, use this, like you said, as an example of what kind of like restraint in policing can look like and not yeah not (laughs) fucking elevate every fucking situation into um like an invasion uh, of of this country and and yeah i I agree with you i mean i think that that's that's a a very liberal impulse to be like these men are terrorists they should be summarily executed on the street seeing that shit on the internet um i tell this joke all the time nando because when i was in spain in 2017 um, there was a quote-unquote terrorist attack, and it was a guy. I guess he was Muslim. He ran over, like, five people. I think three of them died. That's fucked up. It's terrible. I'm, I'm sure their families <laughs> are still mourning their losses. But I remember thinking to myself as an American, being there, and it kind of, not going to lie, it ruined my last night in, in, in Spain. I remember thinking, shit, man, I'm old enough to remember when you had to at least have some bombs involved to be called terrorists. <laughs> or if you did guns, it had to be in the double digits. Died, like... Like you, like this just wouldn't have escalated to the level of the T word right. where I'm from. Like when I, I'm just old enough to remember when you had to take down the towers to get called a damn terrorist. <laughs> now you, a motherfucker, a nigga went to the Ramblers and yeah. and, 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 I mean, and ran some people over. And I was like, I mean, come on, he's a, he's a terrorist now. You know, like guys, let's not get carried away here. Yeah, and you know, the word terrorism in this country has a very specific connotation and very specific yeah. kind of legal ramifications, which basically means that if you get tried, quote unquote, as a terrorist, you are not um, subject to the laws of habeas corpus. Like, you don't have the same protections as you are as you as if you did. Like, you can do all the illegal shit that we did in the war on terror, torture, uh, legal rendition, send you off to Guantanamo uh, to rot with no trial, all that shit. That's like that's what 
like that's what the ramification of like calling everyone terrorist is. We don't want to expand that net. We want to reduce that net. Um, if that makes sense. And um, it's impo- and I want to get back to the to the dudes and chicks who stormed the Capitol um today. And people watching this would be like, yo, why, why, what, like, why are the Republican people on the right deluding them in this way? Why are they brainwashing? Like, why, why would they do this? What's the purpose of that? And it's easy. They're selling them dick pills. Um, yeah. They're selling them survival gear, survivalist stuff. Uh, Fox News and hate radio, like that's a money maker, right? Like, oh yeah, the the amount of people you get to tune in by billions of dollars. It's billions of dollars that you get for this. And again, the reason why politicians go along with it because they need something to keep people occupied with on the right, um, in order to quietly get their actual agenda through which is literally only about shoveling more money to the top of the food chain. That's it. That's it. Was we're coming up to the end of four years of Trump. What was his one meaningful piece of legislation? The tax cut, the big tax cut. That's it. The biggest tax cut in American history. And they had power, by the way. Like if they had all the branches of government, they could have easily cut a cute little deal with the Dems. Nancy Pelosi would have loved dropping some bipartisan heat on our head tops. um, If they wanted to, they don't want anything else. They don't like you've seen it. Like, and I've said I've repeated this numerous times. Like that abortion shit with you when they when Amy Coleman Barrett just got put on the court and they were like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna cancel abortion. No, they're that's too not. destabilizing. They're not gonna do that. They're it's too destabilizing. That. Yeah, people are actually passionate about abortion, and they yeah. know that. They know that. Like they know. Like what's the point of like right now? If you don't want an abortion, you don't get one. Like what? Like what? What's the like? What's what's the point of upsetting how it is right now? Like it's yeah, it, it's never going to happen. They always keep their eye on the ball, yeah. which is what we always tell you guys: follow the freaking money. Um, we've yeah. already spent more time than I would have liked to anyway on this thing, <laughs> and we've got you know other news, good news, you know, yeah. undeniably so. The Dems swept the Republicans in the state of Georgia, giving them the advantage in the Senate. John Ossoff, which we've said over here, is sort of a DC, DCCC sort of, you know, offspring. Just your yeah, regular. Mini Buttigieg. Yeah, mini Buttigieg. That's it. Just your regular run of the mill centrist Democrat, whatever. You know, like, I, I you know, I he's going to be a reliable vote for whatever Democrats decide that they want. Or, man, <laughs> whatever, Dem- whatever thing Democrats scare themselves into understanding that people actually need, right? Um, that that piece that that you actually shared with me the other day, Nando, is that like <laughs> Democrats are so scared of stuff that's actually popular, like they convince themselves that nobody wants the things that everybody literally wants, like single pay payer health care, for example. Um, and whatever, we'll see what the Dems do with their power. Warnock, of course, you know his background as a preacher and all this other shit. Um, and uh, um, again, it's historic. He is the first black senator from the state of Georgia. And that is significant because from the South, from the deep South, period. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We've never had one in Mississippi, Alabama, South. No, we, we, we had one in South Carolina, but you know, that's, um, that's our boy, Tim Scott or whatever the fuck his name is. Oh yeah. Was he a senator or a congressman? No, nah, he's a senator. Oh, he's he's a South senator, Carolina. Yeah. He's the other guy. That, that's not yeah, Lindsey yeah. Graham. 
Yeah, and so um, anyway, first Democrat out of Georgia, black man. It's it's historic. Uh, you know, if you if you're reading your timeline and you follow a bunch of libs like I do, you know, it's a bunch of memes of Stacey Abrams. Which, again, I'm not all, down in Georgia. Like, I guess people want to give her all the credit for getting those voters to the polls. I don't know that that's what actually happened. I'm sure her. Um, what are we calling the, the the company that she represents or the the it's organization like that? Yeah, it's like what are we calling that? What is vote. that? A uh, uh, political like a, action? What yeah, is that? It's like a political organization. Or okay, like yeah, a, like yeah. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it's a charity. I don't know what I don't know what it is. But yeah, of course, those people were involved in getting out the vote and organizing, and she did a bunch of TV and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I don't know what to say besides I, I you know, I'm. I'm hopeful of what can happen with the majority in both the House and the Senate. I'm, you know, if I'm being realistic about it, if you put a gun in my head, do I think anything meaningful is going to come out of this? I don't think so. And, you know, I was a buddy of mine was talking in a group chat. And he said he feels bad for Joe Biden because he got in his job and he had all the excuses in the world to do absolutely yeah, and nothing. And now people are going to expect him to do shit. Um, I do so think we'll that, see, Nando. so I think what's changed, you know, what's changed from November to now is the consensus around the $2,000 stimulus yes. check. So oh, before, before November, the Democrats, if you remember the, the general election, which seems like five years ago now, um, it, they, the Democrats did not run explicitly Nando, on Kamala the Harris, check. sorry to cut you off, didn't even want to get behind her own bill. Her own bill. It took yeah. her weeks to be like to actually speak up on something she wanted. She introduced. Yeah. So so yeah. So the, the, it, this all changed, and we covered it on this show when Trump kind of um, bullied people, threatened to veto the 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 bill, and then and then he was like, "I want two thousand dollars checks," and then the House passed a thousand dollars check, and then very crucially in Georgia, the race became about that. And Ossoff in particular, and Warnock, but Ossoff in particular was very blunt and explicit about it. He was like, yeah. don't listen to anything else. If you vote for us, we will pass the $2,000 check. And then he went on TV and he's like, I spoke to Joe Biden on the phone and he told me that as soon as we win, we're going to pass the $2,000 check. And then Joe Biden came to Georgia <laughs> and he said, if they win, I will pass the $2,000 check. They've Chuck Schumer has come out. The leadership in the Senate, Democrats, has come out and said, if they win, they will pass the $2,000 check. So they've promised this. They have now control the chambers. They control the executive branch. I think that they probably will pass it, um, that they that they will, that they're not going to be um, uh, but Nando, some be sort careful. of last it's second. The Dems, it's the Dems we're talking about here. I know, I know, I know, I know. Nobody but it's fucks too, up a good hand better than the Dems. It's true, it's true, but... <laughs> But it's it's become to um, like th- this race hinged on that, and to be honest, if the Dems do pass it, and by the way, I think Joe Biden should slap his fucking face on the two thousand dollar check, and he should oh. sign it, and he should write a little personalized note to every American saying, "I gave." It. I mean, that's that's politics, baby. Of course, because like that will go a long way into helping them secure a uh, their majority more long term. Um, People will remember that, you know, like people will remember like a fat $2,000 check is not nothing, you know, mm. and God knows people I will. will remember. Yeah. And so and then the question is, what else do they do? What else do they do now that they control the three elected branches of government? Right. They don't control the Supreme Court, but they control the White House, the House of Representatives and the Senate. What else will they do? 
will they pass certain reforms to ensure that they kind of can maintain power like the Republicans would do? For example, an easy, obvious gimmick, gimme is D.C. statehood. If you pass D.C. statehood, which is like just an obvious thing that has to happen. I mean, we have these people living in fucking Washington, D.C. who don't have representation in Congress. It's like just like flagrantly anti-democratic, you know, and that would guarantee them two more senators every single every single every cycle. Sing- just like it guarantees the Republicans in Wyoming, two senators, yeah. where nobody lives, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Will they abolish the Electoral College, for example, so that they can have a shot at the presidency? Because they, the Republicans have an inherent advantage in the presidency. They can win the presidency with a minority of the votes, just like they can win the Senate with a minority of the votes. Do they do these reforms to change th- that calculus and allow themselves to get into power, to stay in power? Do they do anything to help people besides the $2,000 check? Do they expand labor rights? These are all things that would help them not just keep their hold in power for the near term, but for the long term. I mean, this is how Democrats dominated American politics in the 20th century. After the New Deal, when when they passed the New Deal and helped people, people rewarded them with their votes forever. Democrats did not really lose the House until... 1994. They controlled it for 60 years. Think about that. That was the legacy of the New Deal. Um, so yeah, now they got no excuses. They got no excuses. I mean, like you said, That's crazy. In a way, Biden. <laughs> That's crazy to even imagine now. Con- like, yeah, consider that. Right. Yeah. I mean, they won the House in the 1930s um, in the wake of the Great Depression, and then they passed the New Deal. Um, and th- that generation of congressmen stayed in Congress for 60 years, basically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, very, very short blips were of Republican control. Um, but the Democrats dominated the House and Senate for 60 years. It wasn't until the 1994 Gingrich Revolution um, in the Contract for America that they that the Republicans were able to win the House. And that was after the Democrats abandoned labor and then abandoned the legacy of the New Deal um, as the, all those politicians died off. Like all the politicians who did the New Deal in the 1930s were dead by 1980. Um, and then a crop of new, young, hotshot Democrats like Bill Clinton and Gary Hart and Paul Tsongas Gary and all these people. Hart, my God. Yeah, yeah so. and, and again, it's important to reiterate this point because um, <laughs> Brother Bernie sent the email out this morning. I don't read these fundraiser emails, but sometimes I'll read a Bernie email. And after last night, I wanted to read what Bernie sent to his supporters. And he's just like, look, man, you know, we we raised a half. I personally sent yeah. a, with my campaign people, my my campaign donors, my fucking supporters. We sent a million out to those two candidates. Small yeah. donation people. We got a half a million out to each one of those candidates. We we did our little part. I endorsed them. All of that. We did all of that. And but what he had in bold print. <laughs> what he had in bold print. He said, "Listen." They told us we need to be be quiet about this. Stop asking for that. We should be happy with the 600. And by the way, I wonder who the they is that he's talking about. It's hilarious. Mm. But he's like, they ran on doing something for people. And they won. Period. That's a yeah. victory for our fucking political revolution, man. Run on helping people. They put yeah. that damn $2,000 on the ballot. And yeah. shit, man, the Democrats ain't got no business winning in Georgia. And as a matter of fact, no. a lot of the a lot of the votes that flipped are 
you know, a lot of these white suburbanites in Georgia, which yeah. it's surprising. Those people generally, they they love their Republican brand. But at a certain point, it's like, look, man, they letting the lunatic do whatever the hell he wants. These people at least offering to help him. They, they could see the destruction that the pandemic has wrought. Like, it's yeah. not hard to see people struggling. People need money. People are hurting. It's like, they're homies. They're, they're, they watching their savings account go down, watching people they know get laid off, having to lay off their own people. Like, it's so easy to see the struggle that's happening behind the pandemic. And even white suburbanites in the South, in the South could see, man, yeah. we got to do something for these people, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the... You know, the, one of the legacies of uh, of the Trump era will be hopefully that the the checks that he sent out, the twelve hundred dollars check with his big fat stupid signature on it, was a huge political win for him. It's probably oh, why he time. did better in the election than than it was predicted. That's a lesson politicians should learn: simple policies that help people's lives, and then you run on them. The yes. sort of the sort the the Obama era and Clinton era conventional wisdom for liberals and Democrats was like, we gotta do policies, but we gotta hide them from the people. And we gotta like you know make them like this weird tax uh credit instead of like a fat check for example you know like where people don't feel a tax credit in the same way that they feel just a big fat check in their tank in their bank account they don't feel like a reduction in their in their tax liability every every paycheck the same way you feel like if you just get a check in the mail and you can cash it in your account you know it's the, the same thing as like you know social security or medicare simple government programs, and then you run on them. Um, so hopefully now that the difference is that there is a newer, more vibrant left in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks in large part to the legacy of Bernie Sanders' campaign in 2016, which mm-hmm. radicalized millions of people. Um, there's a new independent left media ecosystem that did not exist in 2008. Um, there's shows like this one. There's magazines like Jacobin. You know, uh, all kinds of things that can not allow the liberals to just hide behind the excuses that they always try to use, you know. So now that now that they're in power, we have to look squarely to them and say, okay, now it's your time to govern. You got no excuses. You control the government. You control the government. Fucking use it. (laughs) And and, you know, I would hope and I would pray in two years, during the next um, Senate campaigns and, all, and, of course, House campaigns, that people campaign on Mitch McConnell and them wanted to leave your ass for dead. Yeah, They wanted to... Matter of fact, they wanted to send y'all 300, okay? Yeah. And we came through and put two Gs in your pocket. Then we did it again! <laughs> all right? Like... That would be such a freaking winning message. So obviously, you know, but that goes without saying. We've said it a million times. Run on stuff that helps people directly, man. Make people remember who their friends are for real politically, man. And all this other shit, this conspiracy shit and all of that, that shit will go right by the wayside. And don't get it twisted. There's a certain amount of people who are so far gone, but you don't need all of those people. To get power. That's the beauty yeah. of it. You don't, yeah. you only need 50%. In fact, you only really need 50.2% if we being yeah. honest. 
You understand what I'm saying? So, man. Uh, man, I hope that would be the lesson that was learned here um, in Georgia. Congratulations to the Dems. I do have to say, liberal. my liberal friends are going to say we didn't suck enough Stacey Abrams' dick. I don't know what she did. I would love for people to reach out to me and send me sources of, like, what her actual... You, you mentioned that the 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 Georgia Georgia has flipped in both the presidential uh, election and now the Senate, largely because of the um, huge influx of voters from rich white suburbs to the Democratic Party. Like I think that the narrative with Stacey Abrams was that she uh, registered and organized millions of poor black people in in the state, but actually like black turnout um, did not increase at the same rate that other demographics group uh, grew in, in, in the state. It's really driven by white suburbanite voters. Um, I mean, that's just Cobb the reality. Cobb County, bro. Cobb County. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Hey man. <laughs> Yo man. Oh man. Anyway. Um, yeah. Congratulations to the Dems. Um, congratulations. To another people, group of people that liberal Twitter is telling me did this is the WNBA players. Or something. Yeah, I don't. That? I don't oh, know because because Kelly Loeffler owned a WNBA team. She owned a WNBA team, and I guess that was a, they mass organized against her. And shouts to them. Like I love it. I you know yeah, I don't have a do problem it. with yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. I don't know that that actually delivered the state. But whatever. If it did, I I want them to have the credit. Shouts to everybody who had the credit in making this happen. Because I'm not gonna lie, I sure as hell didn't think it was gonna happen. Um, because. Yeah. I've been to Georgia a lot of times in here. Yeah. California, yeah. it ain't. <laughs> okay, so it's a big victory for the Dems. Um, we get to, you know, breathe a little sigh of relief momentarily. Um, Guys, let's be honest. We're all among friends. It can be awkward. Even embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually brush it off or blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with zero shame. Look, here's the deal. How often do you use excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it. It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction. But Roman, Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with ED, you may not feel like your best self. You might not feel confident. You may not feel like you're in control. And so if you want help with erectile dysfunction, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. Here's the deal. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. You don't have to wait in some weird waiting room. You don't have to talk to your doctor in person and be like, oh, uh, uh, none of that. It's all discreet. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. Yeah, that's right. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And getting started is so simple. All you got to do is go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today, connect with a doctor, and take care of it. 
once again, all you got to do, go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. You get $15, one five, $15 off your first order of ED treatment. You get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M for $15 off your first order of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. We move on, uh, Nando, to yeah. this Vice report yeah. that under the noses of the executives at Google, their workers were messing around and organizing. Now, to be clear, they haven't voted on a president, um, which is, you know, basically the official way of telling your bosses that they have to recognize your union, yada, 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 yada. But they've come out the closet and said, we are going to organize Google. We're going to be the first people to organize a tech giant, which is massive news. This shit should be on TV all day, every yeah. single day. Um, One, it should be on TV all day, every single day. Two, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, that no Democrats are supporting this besides Bernie Sanders and I think AOC. Of course, but that goes without saying. But the Dems should be supporting this because... You allegedly care about workers' rights, and these are exactly the freaking technocratic jobs that you guys circle jerk over all the time. Like, Nando tells that joke all the time where they thought the economy was going to move past factories. It's like, you're not going to work at a factory anymore. You're going to code, right? (laughs) And these are the exact fucking jobs they were talking about. And what I love about this is that they got everybody from the freaking engineers to the little subcontractors. And it was like, you know what? We're all in this together. Literally, the people that make this thing run on time to the smallest little guy, we're all in this damn fight together. Like, I was deeply moved by reading this. Who knows if it'll freaking happen? But just the idea that at Google, one of the world's biggest, richest companies ever, you know, these workers, and these are, these are, I'm sorry, these are the workers at the top of the scrap heap. When it comes to workers, people who work for a living, have a boss, can be fired at any time, yada, yada, yada. These employees at places like Google and Facebook and Apple are the most privileged workers in the entire fucking ecosystem, and they still organize against their damn bosses. Yeah. My God, this shit warms my heart, Nando. I don't even know what else to yeah. say, bro. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, we, we've talked about it a lot that, you know, tech is kind of the new center of power in yep. the global capitalist economy. If you look at the largest companies in the world, the five biggest companies in the world are tech firms. The biggest company in the world is like in terms of market cap, it's like Apple um, and then Google and then Facebook and then Amazon. Amazon, and, right. And yeah, they're the biggest they're the biggest companies and Microsoft. Uh, they're the biggest companies in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the heart of the capitalist system right now. It's like the center power of it right now. And this unionization drive, like you said, is incredibly a potentially historic thing. I mean, I want to be clear about what it is so far. They have not won their union. It is a, what they're calling it now is a minority union. They have a few hundred workers signed up and they're paying dues to it. And they're affiliated with the real union called Mm. the CWA, the Communication Workers Alliance, you know, which is part of the AFL-CIO. And, but it is not, it is not yet a majority union that negotiates contracts with the bosses. But it is a start. 
it is an absolute start. Like it is the beachhead inside tech for the labor movement to start organizing and radicalizing these workers to uh, improve their conditions by their and therefore improve the conditions of everyone else um, that works in these sectors. Because that's every, it's been proven time and again that unions raise the boat for everyone. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so and you mentioned that they were they were very strategic in the way they thought about it. In that, so they are. It's led by basically like uh, tech engineers, but they're also uh, circling, looping in contractors, which over half of the workforce at Google is contractors, and they're also trying to loop in people like janitors and cafeteria mm. workers, which are unionized in the Silicon Valley headquarters, the, the, the cafeteria workers are. Um, so they want to build kind of that kind of solidarity um, across uh, different parts of the company. Is it going to happen? There's going to be a vicious fight. Oh, man. But the fact <laughs> that they've already organized and, they've, and they're already paying dues, you know, that's, that to me tells me that they're serious about this. Um, and it's just you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. And that's always been kind of a paralyzing thing for unionization drives, where it's like, unless they felt like they could get the majority of workers, they didn't try. And this one is like, they're trying a new model. And this is coming up on the heels at the same time um, that Amazon warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama, they're voting to unionize um, as well. And that would be that would be a proper union that negotiates for um, that negotiates for a new contract uh, with the bosses down in Alabama, and that could also spark a huge wildfire within the tech industry. Hmm. So, listen, there is no social progress without labor power. There so, never has been ever, never, ever, 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 ever. Like civil rights ever. in this country <laughs> in the 1960s happened. Not just because of civil rights activists like SNCC and Martin Luther King, but because the crusty, disgusting, uh, problematic AFL-CIO supported it, you know? And the AFL-CIO was very, very powerful back then, much more powerful than it is now. It was the alliance between civil rights activists and organized labor that it was able to create the conditions of power that allowed for civil rights to happen. The New Deal happened because organized labor was militant and large and powerful. Every single welfare program in the history of mankind was created by a strong and powerful labor period. movement. Period. That's the period under story. There is no there is no social progress without labor power. No. And if not what we get is a politics of of Chuck Schumer wearing kente cloth and kneeling um, and doing nothing else, or you know, Dick Durbin going on <laughs> on the Senate floor over the Christmas break. I don't know if you guys saw this video of Dick Durbin, who's a Democratic senator from Illinois, going onto the Senate floor talking about how he needs to uh, vote for the new military bill um, because it renames the bases uh, around the world that were named after Confederate soldiers. Um, yeah, it's like ask the fucking kid in Yemen who just got drone bombed if it um, whether he cares the base was was named that Robert E Lee or Stonewall Jackson instead of right. fucking you know Ulysses S Grant yeah who yeah. gives a fuck yeah, yeah. It, it it's crazy and i think you know i think one of the beauties of the um the the labor movement and organizing just in general specifically against your bosses <laughs> yeah. because it does the easy thing of identifying an enemy 
And that everybody can understand crystal clear. And relate to, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all know how and why this motherfucker is not giving me my just due. Why I need more this. Why I need more that. Why they're manipulating our our inability to be united. They're using that against us every single day. It's like classic divide and conquer like it's yeah. rule number one of power like divide these motherfuckers up you know yeah. i always give the example of um the mulatto class of of people in haiti yeah uh right before the slave revolt the french first of all what people need to know about the the revolution in haiti is that the island was by the time the revolution started was 75 percent black at least meaning even if when you count the mulattoes, right, which are half European and half black, whatever. But before the revolution, what they came in and did, they said, shit, it's way too many of these motherfuckers in there. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell the mulatto class that they now get to be landowners, too. We're yeah. going to recognize their land deeds. We're going to we're going to give them a leg up in this society so that we can maintain the power structure. It's what they always do. Like they know that as little little teeny tiny factions, you can't fuck with us. You can't fuck with the French army? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you little band of bitch ass rebels by yourselves, you can't do shit. Now, the whole fucking island together against us. Yeah. They know the terrain better than any freaking soldier that we can ship in from France. Nah, we can't beat that, right? And it's just what power always does. They figure out how to divide you, whether it be a little money, whether it be a little religion, whether it be a little class structure, whatever it is, they find it and they use it. Or your it skin color. They, or your skin color. They that It was just easy. It was like, all right, you guys are the light-skinned people in the society. Boom, yeah. done. And then we're going to empower you. And then those people are like, shit, I like owning land. Fuck it, let's subjugate them. Right. Yeah. But again, like this is what they always do. They divide us and then they conquer us. So it's just crazy to see this happen at a place like Google. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm actually reading a book about labor history now. I'm, I have it right here. It's called uh, Labor's Untold Story. I highly recommend it. But on page one, let me just read a quote from one Abraham Please. Lincoln. Oh, man. Abraham Lincoln. Please. All right. The guy who freed the slaves. He wrote, quote. All that harms labor is treason to America. No line can be drawn between these two. If any man tells you he loves America, yet he hates labor, he is a liar. If a man tells you he trusts America, yet fears labor, he is a fool. I am glad to see that a system of labor prevails under which laborers can strike when they want to. I like the system which lets a man quit when he wants to and wish it might prevail everywhere. The strongest bond of human sympathy outside of the family relation should be one uniting all working people of all nations, tongues, and kindreds. That is from wow. Abraham motherfucking Lincoln. That's not one that you hear, that you read about in the textbooks or you see on the History Channel documentaries in this country when you hear about Lincoln. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. And so, man, that's just the story. Check out that Vice story, y'all. Um, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's potentially huge. We'll see what happens with it. I'm obviously rooting for it, right? And, you know, full yeah. disclosure, like, I work for what's essentially a tech startup at The Athletic, right? Like, they, they come from that culture of, yeah. you know, tech companies. And guess what? Like, everybody who's full-time at my job does have a 401k. They do have, they do provide us with insurance. They do, you know, they're doing the right thing. There's no doubt about it, but it don't mean that they can't change their mind tomorrow about it. 
You understand oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, we're not protected yeah, some, against. Yeah. We're at the whims of their. Or if there's change. an ownership change. Right. Period. That happens like, all the time. It happens all the time. So, you know, it, it, this shit is important, man. It's super important. Anyway, we move on to the only reason I wanted to do the yeah. show today, Nando, if I'm being yeah. real with you. Fuck this bullshit coup. <laughs> Talk about the real issues. The real issues, which is Hilaria Baldwin. Whose real name I presume is Hillary Baldwin, who yeah. is some type of yoga lifestyle guru type of yeah. chick. She's new married age chick. to yeah. new agey type of chick. Exactly. Um, she's married to Alec Baldwin, of course, famous actor, comedian, all of that shit. Um, and throughout the years, she sort of branded herself as this new agey type of chick who's married to Alec Baldwin, but is also allegedly from Spain um, for, I don't know what the reason is or was a couple of people on the internet just basically decided to out her and be like, yo, y'all know Hilaria Baldwin is doing an act, right? Like the bitch is from <laughs> Boston. And so some people did some digging, some digging, some digging. It turns out that not only is she not from Spain, Nando, but I think her family and her mother's side predate the Revolutionary War. <laughs> so not only is she like white, what like she it She's original. Get, the people who defined whiteness originally, they're like the founding members of whiteness in America. Anglo-Saxon Protestants from fucking England. That's who she's from. Okay? And for whatever reason, she thought it was a good idea to become publicly Hispanic. N Nando, like, I, I, I read this and my jaw was on the ground. But at the same time, you know, because we do what we do for a living and we spend as much time as we do on the internet, I could kind of understand, like, yeah, it's so crazy. I could see both sides of it because I know conservatives are going to be like, you see these fucking liberals that lost their mind. See, it's more advantageous <laughs> to be Latin now. That's why they fucking doing it. You see, they yeah. fucking us up. I can see the conservatives going with that tack. And then I see the liberals being like, oh my God, she faked being a Spaniard. That is so offensive and blah, blah. And I'm like, realistically, like who really like didn't benefit here? I guess, I, I don't know. Like, were there some yoga instructors that were really from Spain that somebody didn't fuck with because they thought this lady, I don't know who actually got hurt here. Like, I, like, I don't yeah. know. Um, But I just, I, you know, I was talking to you before the show started. It's like, I can understand because of the way we fetishize people of color now. Um, and, you know, we fetishize the people who have tended to be at the bottoms of the totem pole. Like, I've I watched people fetishize black people. Right now, we're fetishizing black women, and it's just like a ridiculous... It's like, it's kind of... It's just weird. Like, black women are now, like, magical Negroes now. Which yeah, is yeah, just, yeah, Which is, by the way, another form of dehumanization, but I digress. Yes. Um... We fetishize, oh, she's Latin and blah, blah, blah. She, like, we fetishize it. We basically assign virtue to these identities. And so when you're just some, like, you are the purest white bread from fucking Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard. To, like, you're from New England. Your family 
predates the Revolutionary War. They might have been on the Mayflower. <laughs> you, you, you descend from the pilgrims that you would think that there was some cultural currency yeah. in being from Spain. And never mind, Nando, which I want you to unpack right now. The fact that if whiteness is supposed to mean anything, people from Spain are white too. So it's like she wasn't, she was being a, a more cooler white. Yeah. She wasn't actually being like, she wasn't calling herself Cuban or Puerto Rican or Colombian or even though there's like, like, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, okay, so <laughs> let me preface this by saying, like you said, I'm from Spain. My family's from Spain. I was born in Miami, but I, my family's, all my family's from Spain. They still live there. Um, my cousins, my uncles, my grandparents. Um, I go there all the time. I've lived there for a little bit. Um, I speak Spanish, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I uh, can By the understand... way, Nando is both Madrista and Catalan, y'all. Just yeah, so y'all know, half he's, and half. he's playing both sides of the fence, y'all. Both sides. My mom <laughs> is from Barcelona. My dad's from Madrid. Um, and... So it turns out that this this woman, I guess her, I guess her parents had like a family, like a vacation home. I think in Mallorca, in Mallorca which is like an yeah. island, which is mm-hmm. like an island uh, off the coast of Spain. Very beautiful. Highly recommend going if you get a chance. Um, <laughs> but it's like a it's like a bougie ass place to have a vacation home. Oh, it's nice. You know, like the the elite of Europe uh, go there uh, for their vacations and things like that. Um, and I guess she spent a lot of time there when she was young. Or she'd probably go there in the summers and things like that. And um, and I just want to start off by saying, like, I'm not, like, offended by any of this. I'm not mad. I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I don't think it's, like, violence what she did to my people or my culture. <laughs> or or some people were like, she doesn't even know how to do it because she's, like, cosplaying as a colonizer and shit like that. And it's like, guys, all of this shit is just, first of all, just re- not important and really funny. But also speaks to, like you said, a certain kind of liberal pathology with the language of anti-racism and the cultural currency that it creates in certain liberal spaces, of which Hilaria Baldwin is 100% in. She's a yoga teacher and married to Alec Baldwin, okay? Like, you know, he's fucking Trump on SNL, okay? Um, Like, in liberal spaces, elite liberal spaces, meaning college campuses, meaning... um, creative industries in New York and Los Angeles, meaning mm-hmm. um, certain realms of, uh, of the political world. Media. That, media, <laughs> exactly. There is a certain currency to being non-white. This is not to say that the structures of society are still not, uh, are still kind of not, uh, you know, stacked against And, uh, and by the minorities. way, don't get it twisted. Um, like, I'll give you an example of a place that like trades on coolness and cultural... And culture and stuff like Nike, like the the top five decision makers in Nike are not black or brown. No, but no. best believe they understand that there's something happening amongst those communities that they want to make money off of. So there yes. is a cultural currency to that. Yes, and I'm sure that that they're like if they need to fill their next VP of marketing role or whatever, that they're going to make a very big effort to make sure that that person is not a white man, right. that that person is some sort of, you know, minority or uh, something else. That there is, um, that there has been in the last several years, um, 
a certain cultural currency, the way you describe it, in liberal circles to being uh, non-white, which has created this impetus for people to lie about their identity. I mean, it's not a coincidence that we've seen Rachel Dolezal. It's not a coincidence that we've seen Jessica Krug, a.k.a. Jess La Bombera in New York. You know, people who are lying about being non-white. It's not that they want to, like, lower their own station. It's because they feel that they would have a, a way to advance their own station if they did that. Um, specifically in liberal circles, right? Yes. Like that, that lady. Yes. If this woman was from, from Alabama, she would right. not fake to be my, they do the opposite. They, they she do would the be opposite. like, no, I'm actually, you know, my, my grandfather served in the civil war for the Confederacy. Well, not my grandfather, but you know what the hell I mean? They'd be doing something yeah, yeah, yeah. different, but in liberal circles, this, you know, Rachel Dolezal worked at the NAACP. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a certain level of like, you know, my advancement. And again, I do think white people should work at the NAACP. I w- actually wouldn't even be opposed to a white person who actually understands the work ascending to positions of influence. Hey man, the- I, I'm, I'm on the Black Opinion Matters uh, network. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my God, Nando's like, I, like, it's just. The idea that you would lie about it, that's where it becomes like, it becomes weird. You know, like if you really about, and then then there's this double-edged sword too, Nando, about um, this weird sort of, you know, commodification, fetishization of, you know, non-white culture is like, there's this thing where it's like if somebody's too whatever, like like say a Sean King, where people are just like, no guys, he's just a white person who's really into black shit. You know what I'm saying? And nobody wants that either. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, like let's put up a thought experiment on Hilaria Baldwin. Say, say her parents were from Boston and you know, she they came over on the Mayflower and say she was born in Boston, but say she spent the ages of two to 14 living and going to school in Spain um, and spending her summers in Maine or some shit. Um, But she spoke Spanish. All her friends were Spanish. She grew up in Spain. She, has a thick Spanish accent when she speaks, you know, like there is a certain element of like what degree of time spent in that country growing up as part of that culture, would she be able to then say like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Spanish. You know what I mean? Like, like if say she spent like the ages of two to 18 living in Spain, she grew up there her whole life um, as a child. And like, what, what is she supposed to say then? You know, I can I I I, I kind of want to grant that there is a little bit of nuance to that. It doesn't seem like this is the case with her. It looks like she was doing the opposite. She grew up in Boston, <laughs> spent her summers in Spain, and then somehow as an adult is claiming she doesn't know American slang and doesn't know Rush. how to say the word cucumber. Right, uh, right, right, right. Like, she, but like she went what, on TV and acted like she what's that? How do you say that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like what would be the <laughs> what would be the appropriate kind of amount of time spent there? Um, and I get like if this was like a racial thing, it would be very different. Um, you know, like I mean, even if you grew up in Haiti and you were white, you know, like it would be very weird to say like I'm a black Haitian. You know, maybe maybe you would say I'm I'm Haitian. No, you is. And but, the like, crazy shit is, I just don't understand when people from Spain stop being white. It's like this <laughs> weird. It's like this weird thing that's happening. It's yo. This is why the 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 topic of race will forever fascinate me, but also like it's so stupid because we're yeah. in the process of turning Cuban people white. 
We're yeah. literally doing it right before my very eyes. But somehow this person calling herself some somebody from Spain is is making herself non-white when really the only people that Cuban people get to be white is because they have Spanish origin. It's, it's, well, I'm like, I, I guess, I mean, I'm upside down here with this shit. Yeah. Well, I guess that what, I mean, the lesson is that like, again, race is a social construct. It's not yeah. like, uh, it is not, um, something that you can measure. It's not like the midichlorians in star Wars, you know, um, there is not like, you can't get someone's blood and put it in a lab and see the, uh, racial composition, uh, the exact like racial composition of, of said person. It's it's at the end of the day, a social contract, in which case there will be often these very changing social relations to it. And, right. um, you know, that that's that and that's always been kind of the, the reality of it. But there's certain there's a certain element of the dis, of the sort of liberal discourse, which is which has become very weirdly right wing or how it used to be seen. Like it used to be that right wing people used to like look at someone's like actual skin tone and <laughs> blood composition to see like, oh, wait, where do you fall in the apartheid regime in South <laughs> Africa? You know, like what precise level of whiteness or blackness do you have yep. uh, depending on what benefits yep. you get? You know, yep. are you pure enough uh, yep. white to not be, uh, you know, to survive Nazi Germany or, or do you have some like some problematic elements within it? Like at the end of the day, like that, that discourse is, a, it's it's a problem like you you we have to liberals cannot fall down that path you know of essentializing race rather than seeing it as what it is which is a social exactly. contract bruh so that lady from the bronx or yeah she just was, la bombera just, just la bombera yeah. that's crazy so good um so the dude that was her close friend and let her write in some publications and all it is he wrote like a basically I hate, by the way, I hate this style of fucking writing that's become so prevalent in our side of the media, which is this like navel gazy, like I befriended this girl and I fucked up and I let a bunch of people down. And it's like this, you know, it's like this, he's like vomiting his emotions out onto the page and oh, this wrenched me so much in my soul and this, and he, the like, I wouldn't, I'm going to try to find this shit for you to read it. Um, and Nando, the way this guy, the language that this guy is using, I'm like, what planet are we on? He's like, he, at one point he talks about how he was feeling, he was in his own state of feeling weird about how prevalent light skin, some lighter skin people were in the struggle for black people. And I'm just yeah. like, yo, how it's can weird. a black person come out and say they don't want a light skin black person doing things because they're light skinned? It's, it's crazy. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. And I don't know how we got wrapped up in all of this. Like, yeah. honestly, the Rachel Dole's out. She's like, yo, lady, you're kind of crazy. You need to go to therapy. Get over right. this. You can even wear your little fucking fake um, afro or whatever. But go get therapy. Go seek help. Make sure you're right with yourself. And then maybe you can help out some other people. Same with this. <laughs> you know, Alec Baldwin's wife, she's going to be fine. She's going to stay rich. She, the, the public ridicule is enough. Like, the idea that yeah. she, like, hurt some people. or No, like, she didn't hurt anybody. She didn't hurt anybody. She made a fool she, of she herself. She gave us a great gift in that we all exactly. had a good laugh. Exactly. <laughs> we all had a good laugh at her expense, and now I kind of feel bad. But, yeah. Um, it's no, it's that, like, I just wish that we could just move on from these things without 70,000 think pieces about Hilaria Baldwin faking to be from Mallorca, bruh. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Like it's not, it's not important. It's not. She didn't do anything like violent, or she didn't hurt anybody. If anyone's like really offended by this, like they're either lying or they're just they're. I'm sorry, but they're being way too sensitive. Like, She's a clown, and I'm sorry, yeah. liberals. You did this. You did this. Yeah. Yeah. You did this with your memes, with your yas queen, with a bunch of white chicks screaming yas queen on my internet, knowing damn well they don't talk like that in Iowa. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, you're from Nebraska. You moved to New York four years ago. Stop saying yas queen. You don't talk to your mammy and pappy like that. That's <laughs> what, I'm sorry. Like, it's all of that shit. All of that shit contributes to this, man. All of it. But anyway, I, I, I just was so fascinated by it. And especially because you, Nando, are somebody who's from Spain, right? So it's just like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, obviously, Nando's a lot fucking cooler than your average bro from South Boston. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. But that doesn't mean those same bros are incapable of not becoming cooler themselves. By being themselves. Just... Reading a book or two, man, and and yeah. getting out of their own little um, you know, little narrow-minded spaces. They could become cool too, but like it's it's just weird. It's yeah. just fucking weird. I I I I just felt like that 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 whole thing, because I read up on it. The chick that did the whole dissertation on her Instagram story, I'm drawing a blank on your name right now. Fuck, I forget her name, but sorry, guys. Baldwin. Yeah, I saw yes, that one. She did a whole she has it's Yeah, it was like Instagram way story. too much. I was like, man, chill out. <laughs> she went in and was giving commentary about and you know, it's whatever. She's an internet personality. Whatever. But I was just like, wow, this is just Oh Lord, liberals, man. Y'all, 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 y'all be killing me, man. I, I swear yeah. to God. Anyway, that's our show for today. Want to thank everybody, man, for hanging in there with us. Um, of course, the New Year's is going to bring bigger and better things for Woke Bros and the whole Black Opinions Matter feed, man. Bigger, better things ahead, man. We got so many dope things in store for you guys. Um, of course, become a Patreon of Count the Dings at patreon.com backslash count the dings if you can. Uh, we appreciate everything that your contributions will help us put on this great content for you guys week after week. Make sure you subscribe to Cinephobe, the Count the Dings feed. Make sure you're um, listening to the Dad Pod. Make sure you're doing all of that stuff. Pack your knives, all of it. Make sure you're checking out all of that stuff every week. Of course, Nando, let's pot it out. Um, Jacobin Weekends with yeah, Nando. Baby. And my sister, my my favorite liberal, pun, excuse me, leftist pundit. Yes, come on, Anna don't Kasparian. insult her. Yes, I would never. Well, she used to be a liberal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna, because she's you know she you know she's a former. She's reformed. You know, whatever. She's reformed, she's but you know it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jacobin weekends, man, on the Jacobin's YouTube channel. Check out Nando and Anna. Um, just yeah, just be on the lookout for everything that we're doing. Uh, Fernando, I'm Waz. We're out of here. Peace. Love you guys. <laughs>